0: wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Daniel Sellerson.
5: What's up? Welcome into the Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Daniel Sellerson, filling in for Sean Kelly, who is with the Pelicans, and they are flying back to the Big Easy after the three-game West Coast road trip. We'll get to their win last night in a moment, but... Man, oh man, Garfield is right. Mondays are never fun, especially after a Saints loss. The Saints couldn't get anything going offensively and couldn't stop anything defensively, falling to the Carolina Panthers 41-10. I'm going to stay away from a lot of the particulars until we talk to John DeShazer, but the Saints were down 17-0 in the first and 24-3 at the half and couldn't recover in the second half. Drew Brees was 29-49 of with one touchdown and one interception. Mark Ingram rushed for 43 yards. On just 10 carries, Cam Newton, an efficient 21-33 of 33 for 226 yards and three passing touchdowns. He also rushed for 83 yards and ran for a TD as well. That one touchdown started a little melee behind the goalpost after Curtis Lofton didn't take Cam Newton's celebration too kindly. Brandon Williams of the Panthers was ejected after throwing a punch during the scuffle. After that, Saints really couldn't recover as well. And again, fall 41-10. They dropped a 5-8 and on the season falling a half game back of the Falcons who play tonight in Green Bay on Monday Night Football. The Saints will be on Monday Night Football next week on the road against the Chicago Bears. John DeShazer will break things down with me coming up in a few minutes. Steve Weiss from the NFL Network will join me a little later as well to recap yesterday's games around the league. I do have some good news for you, though, on this Monday. Pelicans ended their three-game West Coast road trip with a win last night over the L.A. Lakers, 104-87. The team improves to 9-10 and on the season after going 1-2, on the road trip, Anthony Davis led the way with 23 points and 6 rebounds on 11-15 shooting. Drew Holiday a nice night as well, 22 points and 8 assists. The Pelicans held the Lakers to an opponent's season-low 16 points in the first quarter and also held Kobe Bryant to 14 points, which is his third lowest point total of the season. Kobe came into the game leading the league in scoring, averaging just under 26 points per game. Now he's tied with Anthony Davis at 25.2 a little bit later on you'll hear from anthony davis and head coach monty williams so we have some good and bad to report about today and let's get started with john DeShazer next on the monday edition of the black and blue report
2: all-star electric is lighting up the future with the latest in led lighting
0: We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report.
5: Welcome back to the show. Time now to recap Saints and Panthers. And unfortunately, it is not an enjoyable topic to talk about on this Monday, but we have to do it. And join me now in Studio B is NewOrleansSaints.com senior writer, John DeShazer, J.D. Besides yesterday's outcome, I hope you are well on this Monday. Yeah,
6: Not enjoyable. That's a, that's a pleasant way of putting it. Yeah, that would pretty much... Uh, surmise it but yeah I'm doing fine I'm, I'm a lot better than obviously the team is doing psyche wise and probably physical and mental and any uh, any other aspect you can think of uh, just not what you would, would have expected whatsoever but yeah I'm doing great
5: Okay, good to hear. So, uh, J.D., your article yesterday on New Orleans Saints.com had a headline of no positives in blowout loss to Panthers. So, I have to ask, why did it go so poorly yesterday for the Saints?
6: Well, I think that's the thing. I think nobody really knows. Um, the Saints had a lot at stake in that game, and, and they were playing a team that had lost six straight, hadn't won in the last seven, because before they lost six straight, they were in a tie, um, had only scored 14 and a half points during that streak. Um, really hadn't Carolina hadn't played well in, in so many ways that it was, it was almost laughable. And the Saints are you know, tied with the Falcons for whatever it's worth, come and tied with the Falcons for first place in the division. And you figured the team with the most to play for would be the one to show up. You figured they jump on Carolina early. Maybe Carolina lays down, uh, gets that here-we-go-again feeling, and it's kind of over. But, but that, I mean, the, the Panthers pounced, uh, so to speak, on the Saints and never really let up. And the Saints were really not in the game. I mean, had turnovers on, you know, two of the first three plays. They had turnovers and back-to-back plays, as a matter of fact. So it just went downhill from there. You look up, and before you know it, they're down 17 nothing, And there's 641 left in the first quarter. And from there, it was just a struggle. I mean, you know, one of the big things, I mean, we know this defense has struggled at times this season, has not been as, as good as last year's defense and, and has had some, some serious, you know, lapses throughout this season. But for the offense to not be able to move the ball at all and not be able to score. And, and basically, this is a Carolina team that they had dominated in Carolina, you know, a little bit more than a month ago. So a lot of surprises there. I mean, I don't think anyone really has a good answer for exactly what happened. You hear Drew Brees saying, you know, this is is a team that probably could mature a little bit more. You hear uh, players saying, hey, we were out hit, out coached, out played, out everything. You hear Coach Sean Payton say, you know, it's an embarrassment. And, and, you know, everything they do, everything has to be reevaluated. Which leads you to believe that, you know, you really don't know where the problem stems from. I mean, because some of these things have been season-long problems, tackling and turning over the football and committing penalties that don't make a lot of sense. Those kinds of things have plagued the Saints from game one, and they still are present, and they're heading into, you know, now game 13.
5: After you mentioned the word embarrassed, it seemed like that word was thrown around a lot, whether it was Sean Payton, Drew Brees, or some of the Saints players. You were in that locker room after the game. Did you feel like that was the main feeling from this team afterwards was embarrassed?
6: Yeah, I think guys were really genuinely ashamed of the product they put on the field yesterday, which is a good thing now. You you want them to be hurt after a game like that, but you don't want it to come down to them having to be hurt. But uh, yeah, they were the guys who were in the locker room, and the locker room was pretty sparse yesterday. I have to admit that a lot of guys you know, you know, really vacated the premises before the media could get in there. But uh, the guys who were re- who remained behind, and uh, you know, that's one thing you can say about guys who remain behind in, in tough times. Those are true professionals, you know. And not to knock the other guys, but you know, you you really gotta address things whether it's good or bad. You know, that's just part of being a pro. But the guys who remained behind, it was it was a bad feeling for them. I mean, those guys, you know, really, you could see the anger the frustration the the anxiety all of it on their faces where where they're saying you know where in the world did this kind of game come from
5: after cam newton rushed for that two yard touchdown to put the panthers up 17 nothing like he brought up before both teams are involved in a little scuffle afterward curtis lofton didn't take too kindly of cam newton's superman thing now i thought after that maybe the momentum would have shifted a little bit to the saints just because they were fighting they were angry might have made them a little mad after, but it seemed like after that it was all, down, all downhill and the Panthers' confidence was just skyrocketed after that little scuffle.
6: Well, I don't know if it was – you know, I, I almost thought it was going to jack the Saints up a little bit too, but the way Cam Newton was playing it, and it's clear that, you know, now that I I think about it more, that when they played him in, in Charlotte, one, he was a little bit banged up and he was not quite himself. Mm-hmm. You know, that guy yesterday was the Cam Newton that we are, are accustomed to seeing. You know, when he's healthy in the NFL and when he's that guy, he's a he's a load to deal with. And uh, but yeah, you you'd hope that the the scrap would bring out a little something in the Saints, but again, I think when he scored that pushed it to seventeen nothing. And uh, so by then Carolina's confidence was sky high and, and the Saints were just trying to, you know, find their bearings and and unfortunately, I mean, you, you hate to phrase it this way, but you would have liked to have seen a lot more of that fight you know against carolina on the way to the end zone as opposed to after he scores and and you don't like the way he taunts or whatever it was he did in the end zone that they took offense to i'm not exactly sure i've heard some things about something he might or might not have said you know mm-hmm. since i don't have any confirmation i don't want to just toss it out there loosely but whether it was something he said or whether it was a superman pose the way to uh, to combat that is to keep him out of the end zone. Yep, and, and that's the way you stop that. Then he can't make the pose, and then he can't say anything or whatever it is he's alleged to have said. You know, None of those things occur if you keep him out of the end zone.
5: Yeah, the defense struggled yesterday. Saints allowed 271 yards on the ground, 83 of those to Cam Newton. So what, what was the problem? It seemed like they played a little bit better in Pittsburgh as far as the defense. They let up two late touchdowns against Pittsburgh, and I would say garbage time. But as far as this game goes, why was the defense struggling so much against this Carolina team that, like you said, struggled on offense for the past six
6: weeks? Well, again, I, I, I don't know because, I mean, <laughs> I can't believe um, – I'm assuming Cam Newton, this isn't, you know, his first week healthy since that game. And I just don't know. I mean, but the zone read that they run on offense looked a lot more decisive, and he looked a lot more decisive as a runner. And if you can get him on the edge, now all of a sudden things just change because – you know, you don't know whether he's going to stick it in his running back's belly, whether he's going to, you know, pull it out and run it himself, whether he's going to give it to the fullback on a little quick dive or something. I mean, he he can do so many things with the ball in his hands, and, and really they got the Saints on the heels. But, you know, now I will say this. It's not like they're the only team, unfortunately, who has run the ball successfully against the Saints in this last month and a half. I mean, we've seen San Francisco, Cincinnati, Baltimore, um, and really, Pittsburgh ran wild for a quarter before the Saints kind of locked them up. But then everything sprang back to life yesterday at the Superdome uh, against Carolina. So, I mean, this run defense has been severely leaky since that first Carolina, first Carolina game, as a matter of fact, because that Carolina game was a, a two-game win streak for the Saints, the only two-game win streak, unfortunately, of the season. And it was a short week. And ever since then, they came home for that three-game homestand, and they hadn't been able to stop the run whatsoever. They stopped it pretty good in Carolina that, that night, that Thursday night on October 30th, and they really have not stopped the run since then at much at all. Um, teams, And, I mean, Carolina, it's not just the 271 yards. Well, yeah, it is the 271 yards, but it's almost seven yards to carry. You, you can't beat a team when they run for seven yards a pop. I mean, that's just about impossible to beat a team like that in the NFL. And that's exactly what the, what they did against the Saints yesterday. And, I mean, you know, really just whipped them in just about any way you can, you can imagine.
5: And not to keep beating a dead horse, but on the offensive side, 10 points, that touchdown came late uh, from Ben Watson. Last two games, Jimmy Graham, three receptions, 25 yards, all those coming in yesterday's game. Our teams just finally starting to figure out how to play Jimmy Graham? Or is it something that Drew Brees and company can't seem to get him the ball a little bit more?
6: Well, I think Pittsburgh sold out and ended up paying a price for it, and, and that price was Kenny Stills caught five passes for 162 yards and Breeze threw for five touchdowns, and I think they paid the price for it. Yesterday with Carolina, I don't know if Carolina necessarily sold out against Jimmy Graham, but I do know this. Um, they rushed the quarterback, and even though they only sacked Drew Brees twice, they got a lot of heat back there, and if you can get heat on a quarterback, he can't find – you know, his primary guy, much less his secondary guy or a third read or anything like that. And they really kind of, you know, got got close to Breeze in the pocket, probably hurried up his, his timing. And sometimes, you know, I think he didn't want to just throw it up for grabs or, or, you know, put it in a situation where, you know, there could be a turnover even though the Saints end up with, you know, a, a couple turnovers. But, you know I, I don't know, I don't necessarily know. I know Pittsburgh sold out. I don't necessarily know if Carolina sold out. Now another team played him pretty well and I think that was uh, I think it was Baltimore who had a safety, I can't remember the kid's name already. A kid played at Florida, played Will Dempse. Will Dempse mm-hmm. played great against Jimmy Graham in pass defense and generally you can't get away with that. Most teams will have to bracket him somehow or another. You know, a guy on the line beating him up and a guy over the top when he gets off when he comes free from his release. I don't necessarily know if Carolina went that route so much as Carolina was just really effective in getting the Drew Brees and probably speeding up the timing and throwing off and throwing off the timing.
5: Okay, J.D., when I talked to the voice of the Panthers, Mick Mixon, on Friday and brought up the Panthers still had a shot in the NFC South, he kind of shoved that premise aside saying, we have to worry about taking care of ourselves before we can worry about climbing back into the division lead. Now, New Orleans still can be tied, like you mentioned, with the Falcons if the Falcons lose to Green Bay in Green Bay tonight. Should the Saints have that same mindset going into these last three games, this approach of, hey, we got to worry about us just winning and not worry about what these other teams are doing in the division?
6: Well, that's what they've been preaching the whole time. You know, let's take care of our own business. And, unfortunately, they've just been, you know, with such wild swings that I don't necessarily know that they truly know who's going to show up or what's going to show up. I mean, you know, the thing that we can say about the Saints really, in all honesty, is they've consistently been inconsistent. And 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 Coach Sean Payton said as much yesterday. You know, look, this this team has been inconsistent. It it isn't good enough to just feel like it can show up and, and win a game, or it isn't just good. It isn't good enough to just go out there and and not, you know, lay everything on the line. I mean, the team that showed up in Pittsburgh, and the team that showed up against Green Bay, and the team that showed up in Carolina, is a totally different team than that one that showed up yesterday against Carolina. And the, and the perplexing thing is you don't know where that team came from yesterday. It's like, okay, where does that come from? Is it the preparation? Because the preparation seems to be pretty much the same during the week, every week. Uh, is it the, the film sessions? Well, you would assume these guys are, are doing this due diligence in terms of studying the opponent. Is it an intensity factor? Well, why would the other team be more intense than the Saints who are trying to make the playoffs and win the division? So you, you just don't know where it's coming from. And I mean, I, that's got to be the frustrating thing, not only in the locker room, but, you know, in the coaching offices and everywhere else.
5: Yeah, it doesn't get any easier for the Saints to on Monday Night Football next week. And uh, I'm sure the weather is not going to be too kind to the Saints against the Bears. And then it's home against the Falcons. And then they finish on the road against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's John DeShazer, New OrleansSaints.com senior writer. Make sure you log on to the website today to read more from J.D. and to hear from head coach. Sean Payton, J.D., thanks for the time, and uh, we'll hear from you tomorrow on the Pelican side, my friend.
6: Well, I would love to uh, be in in on better circumstances. And actually, last yeah. Monday felt you know, felt a whole lot better than today, man. I, I, can, I can imagine what the mood is around the city right now because it, it was not a great mood in the Superdome yesterday nor was it on the street yesterday evening. So I can't imagine what it's like around the city today. But, uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing the Pills tomorrow. Hopefully it will smack around the Knicks and uh, and get to um, – what are the Pills? One they'll game the, under? Yeah, they'll get the 500. Yeah, with so, win. you know, hopefully we can get
5: the 500 there and, and, and keep it rolling. All right, that's John the Shazer from NewOrleansSaints.com. When we come back, we'll focus on the other games that happen around the NFL as we bring in Steve Weish from the NFL Network back in a moment.
7: linda mother of two beautiful 13 year old twins while my son has brown hair and blue eyes and my daughter has blonde with green eyes they both share one identical dna trait i hate spinach. no one leaves a table until you finish your vegetables getting my kids to want to eat vegetables that's my purpose blend it now
0: try the new veggie blends at smoothie king it's the tastiest way to get your kids to love vegetables smoothie king smoothies with a purpose Be at the Smoothie King Center to see your New Orleans Pelicans take flight on Tuesday, December 9th at 7 p.m. when the New York Knicks come to town. Plus, the first 5,000 fans receive a free true holiday poster. The Pelicans Fest pregame block party tips off the fun at 530 with music, inflatable games for the kids, appearances by Pierre the Pelican, and a whole lot more. Tickets start as low as $18. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your seats today. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Daniel Sellerson.
5: Well, it's starting to become a tradition unlike any other. Joining me now as he does on most Mondays is Steve Weiss from the NFL Network. Steve, I hope all is well with you on this Monday.
1: Oh, everything is great. hope all is well with you too.
5: Yep, everything's good. Steve, there were a lot of teams that came up with huge wins yesterday. Arizona held off Kansas City. Seattle won on the road in Philly, and I thought Pittsburgh on the road and since he was huge for the Steelers, in your opinion, who helped themselves the most with a win yesterday?
1: Well, I think Baltimore and Pittsburgh were the, were the two teams, you know, they, they, they go on the road. Pittsburgh knocking off Cincinnati was huge um, just because the Bengals have been so good at home and they, they lead the division. But I also think Baltimore going down to a good Miami team as well, you know, Miami team that threatened. Those, those were big wins. And, you know, what we saw yesterday – where the teams that are used to playing playoff football and know how to play playoff football really, really get after it. I also think Seattle going to Philadelphia was a huge win. I mean, they kept pace with Arizona. They kind of let everybody know they're here. I mean, we've mm-hmm. been saying it for a couple of weeks, but that was a big win. It completely took apart the Eagles. They had the time of possession thing. Uh, so I think those were huge, huge victories.
5: Let's go the opposite route now. Who hurt themselves in the playoff hunt with a loss yesterday?
1: Ah, I mean there were there were a lot of teams. You know, I was at the Denver Buffalo game. The Bills, you know, they were in the wild card hunt. They're out of it. Uh, you know, New Orleans. What a what a disappointment. But no team had a, a bigger loss than the San Francisco 49ers because you saw Arizona, which leads the division, get the win. See Seattle get the win, and not only do they lose to really really destroy their playoff chances, but they lose to their you know their next door neighbor in the Bay, one of the worst teams in the NFL. And they just got completely taken apart. And on top of all the, you know, the dysfunction that's been going on behind the scenes, um, it just looks like you know, this, this might have been the, the fork that was proverbially stuck into their season.
5: That brought me to my next question. Is this, is this the last straw for Jim Harbaugh? I know all these talks were heating up leading into this game, but after losing, like you said, to their neighbors across the street, um, does that make it more likely that Jim Harbaugh will be out at, after this season?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think so. I mean, especially too when you see the footage of, of him talking to Mark Davis, of the the Raiders owner, before the game. A lot of rumors that he could be going to Oakland, and then they just seemed disinterested. I mean, they're playing a bad football team—a team that just got smashed fifty-two to nothing the week before by the Rams. Um, and this was one of the better teams in the in the NFL, and they got taken apart. I mean, they looked terrible in every aspect of the game. Derek Carr, the rookie quarterback for Oakland, I believe, only had five or six incompletions. He throws three touchdowns against that defense, and then Colin Kaepernick was horrible. Uh, you know, you just, you saw a team that did not look like it was ready or it was interested, and I just think all of the the stuff going on in the front office and with Harbaugh is, just, is trickled down an awful lot, and it's going to be interesting to see how many more games they win uh, in the final three weeks.
5: We're talking with Steve Weiss from the NFL Network. Steve, another team that didn't really help themselves yesterday was the Cleveland Browns, who lost a heartbreaker to the Colts 25-24. With the lack of production from Brian Hoyer, is it time to start Johnny Menzel? And also, should they have started them this week against the Colts?
1: Um, to answer the second part of that question first, I think they needed to roll with Hoyer. Yeah. You know, they were still very much in the playoff hunt. I think a lot of people felt maybe he was slumping. We've seen quarterback guilty two and three games and it's not just them there are other pieces that didn't work and we saw you know coach mike petten say he spoke to veteran tackle joe thomas who basically told him if you make the move to mandel now you're telling a lot of his veterans that you're looking forward to the future more so than what we've got coming up in terms of of a playoff opportunity so i think sticking with Hoyer initially was the right thing now i don't think they have a choice i mean it's been three weeks and if you're a veteran player and you, and you saw how well that defense played yesterday against the Colts to give you a chance to win. But Hoyer, just, he, he killed you for it. He, he, he lost that game for them. You have to be saying, okay, let's go ahead and make the move because this guy clearly, you know, the moment got big for him and he, he couldn't handle it.
5: Yeah, absolutely. It's tough to bring up our next topic here in New Orleans. Just when we think the NFC South, we haven't narrowed down the maybe two teams with the Falcons and the Saints, the Panthers, come into the big easy. And, and really take down the Saints yesterday. With the Falcons playing in Green Bay tonight, there's still a good chance the Saints are tied with the Falcons after tonight. After all that's happened in this division this season, which team do you see coming out of this division hosting a playoff game? Well,
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, you look you look at the Panther schedule. Um, they might actually have the best shot going out. They've got that week, that season finale uh, with the Falcons um, that could determine things, and a tie can help them. The the tie could be a decisive amount because if they have the same number of wins as everybody else, they have one fewer loss. So, you know, look, the Saints. I'm I'm I, I preseason I thought they were a, a Super Bowl contending team. I'm over them now. I, I mean, I think they are what they are. They had a great opportunity playing a team that had been so disinterested. It, you know, their season. You talk about a team that played like their season was over. And in three plays, you know, Saints won three plays, and they're down 17 nothing.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, how does that happen in the Superdome? Four straight losses in the Dome. There's there's clearly some things going on that a lot of us don't know about. We see on the field the execution is scattershot. I mean, they seem more random um, than, they, than I've ever seen a Sean Payton team play on both sides of the ball. Uh, so it's I, I don't know what's going on with the Saints. I think Carolina is very much in the mix mm-hmm. now. Because uh, I don't expect Atlanta to, to win in Green Bay. So it's it's hard to say who's going to win it because nobody seemingly wants to. Saints will have a shot. But I'd probably say Atlanta, looking at things now, probably has the best opportunity. But, boy, the, the Saints blow a grand, grand shot.
5: Yep, absolutely. It doesn't get any easier for them. They're on the road next weekend against a tough Chicago team. You know who's not really playing that well, but, again, Saints on the road. Hasn't done that well. That's Steve Weiss from the NFL Network joining us as he does on most Mondays. Steve, always a pleasure talking football with you.
1: Great. Thanks for having
5: me on. No problem. When we come back, we'll turn our attention to basketball and recap the Pelicans win over the Lakers.
7: At the Auctioner Hospital for Children, no matter where you turn, you're surrounded by bravery. Children and teens dealing with health problems beyond their years. Parents working hard to keep the worry from their face. Doctors and nurses doing everything possible to get them back home where they belong. From rare brain tumors and leukemia to heart conditions and organ transplants, we offer a level of pediatric care unmatched in Louisiana. With more advanced capabilities than any other children's hospital in the region, Even our kids only ER can handle any pediatric emergency. In fact, the only thing tougher than the problems we see every day are the kids themselves. Choose the Auctioner Hospital for Children and never wonder if you could have done more. Call 866 Auctioner to find an affiliated pediatrician near you. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind.
4: This is Anthony Davis, and you're listening to the Black and Blue Report.
5: Well, don't worry, everyone. We have some positive news to bring you on this Monday. The Pelicans beat the Lakers last night in L.A., 104-87. The Pelicans improved to 9-10 on the season and finished the road trip at 1-2 with losses to Golden State on Thursday and the L.A. Clippers on Saturday. Like I mentioned in the first segment, the Pelicans held the Lakers to an opponent's season-low 16 points in the first quarter as the Pelicans shot 51% from the field and 8-of-18 eight from downtown. Drew Holiday had four of those three-pointers and finished with 22 points. After the game, Sean Kelly caught up with head coach Monty Williams outside of the visitors' locker room.
3: Coach, congratulations. Nice win tonight. Yeah, thank you. Um, a great team win in every essence of that that phrase. Uh, when we have 28 assists. Uh, the turnover's uh, two or three more than we wanted, but I thought we just played a great team game. Defensively, we were good. Uh, especially in the first half, and um, i can 't say enough about the ball movement and the unselfish play uh, and Now the test for us is to see if we can continue that every time we play like this, we give ourselves a chance to win, and we usually won those games true holiday doesn 't get much criticism, but
2: sometimes it has to do with maybe not being assertive enough. He seemed to be more so tonight
3: well he, he had i 'm um, sure he had a lot to prove after the last couple of games he he had. He's competitive and prideful. um, He didn't want to go home without a victory. I'm sure uh, he and AD, as the leaders of the team, felt like we had to do whatever it took to get this win. When Drew plays like that, 22-8, he had three turnovers, but um, most of his turnovers are um, okay turnovers because he's trying to do the right thing, even though I hate him. But I thought his competitive edge tonight on defense, he's always rock solid but offensively tonight he was pretty good
2: coach your thoughts on your bench because it seemed to give you a little bit of a
3: a jump tonight well I think Gal and Austin uh, give us uh, a bit of a agitator uh, presence out there The both of those guys can get into the paint Gal can see the floor Uh, certainly not going to get happy on the farm with with him after a couple of games but I think Austin being off the ball is a lot better because he's in live ball situations. I think playing the point guard for so long probably helps his IQ for our team. And so Dante, uh, his defense tonight on Kobe and Nick Young was, was great. And I think it gives us another man out there on the floor, his ability to guard and rebound and attack the basket. And once he gets his legs back, I think he'll start knocking down that 15-footer. Forgive me if I don't phrase this right, but is there,
2: is there any sense of relief in winning tonight, to at least take one win out of the road
3: trip. Yeah, that's it's growth for our team. And I told the guys after the game, you know, we've had a two and two West Coast trip. Uh, we're one and two on this one. Uh, when we start to grow as a team, it'll be two and one, and sometime in the future, we'll be three and zero or four and zero, and that's when we'll take that step, um, becoming a team that can contend with anybody. We don't know um, just yet the initial. Um, diagnosis is just a, a sprain of some sort, but we're not sure. He's going to get some testing done.
5: Anthony Davis led the way for the Pelicans, scoring 23 points and grabbing six boards on 11 of 15 shooting. Here's what he had to say walking off the court after the Pelicans' victory.
2: Anthony Davis, our star of the game, with a game-high 23 points, six rebounds, and two block shots as the Pelicans win the final game of the trip. Congratulations, AD. Thank you. This one was nice, especially after the uh, buzzsaw you guys had to run through in the Warriors and the Clippers
4: the first two games of this trip. Yeah, for sure. You know, we wanted to go back home on a good note, you know, going home on a win, and that's what we try to do today. I think tonight we played for the whole 48, just playing for each other, sharing the ball, not caring who, who scored. And uh, we defended, you know, holding a team like that to 87 points is huge for us. So we got to build off of it going throughout that game.
2: I know you love defense. I'm glad you brought it up because I don't know if you're aware or not that 16 points you held them to in the first quarter, is the fewest by any of your opponents this season. Start contract the last night. And you said after the game, we can't get in a hole like that. We must correct it as quickly as tomorrow.
4: Yeah, for sure. You know, um, like I said, holding a team like that to 87 points, let alone 16 in the first quarter, you know, um, that's a sign that we were locked in tonight, you know, playing our type of defense, making sure we're talking, helping each other, and um, knowing that Kobe is going to try to go out there and score and just trying to keep everybody off the boards and um, rebound the ball and get out of transition.
2: When it's going right, what is right with this team? Is there a stark contrast to wins and losses in your eyes, Anthony?
4: Oh uh, no! I mean, you know, when we're playing well, playing, to, playing together, um, playing for each other like we did tonight, then um, I think we're going to be a tough team to beat. But when we start, you know, um, just going out there trying to do isolations and play for play for um, ourselves, then I mean, it, it's tough. You know, when we don't move the ball or um, don't talk on defense and help each other out then you know, um, we can easily be beaten. So we got to make sure we remember this feeling and remember the feelings of Golden State and and, uh, the Clippers, you know, and um, try to build on it.
2: Good point. Hopefully you'll build on it on Tuesday when we go finally home to see the New York Knicks.
5: Thank you. So the Pelicans are now home for four of their next five, and that home stretch starts tomorrow night against the Knicks at the Smoothie King Center. Tickets are still available for the game, and the first 5,000 fans will receive a Drew Holiday poster. You can call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com. To get your tickets. Okay, when we come back, I'll wrap up this Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report.
0: pelicans fans be sure to download the team's official app so you can play our new game quest for the coast presented by chevron help pierre the pelican save the coast in this infinite flying adventure save as many miles of the coast as you can before the water rises this fun interactive game includes a basketball bonus round and educational facts about the environment provided by the audubon nature institute quest for the coast presented by chevron available only on the pelicans app Download it today Lotto is all across Louisiana, with cash jackpots starting at two hundred fifty thousand dollars. That's a whole lot of cash. From the neon lights of Shreveport-Bossier City to the banks of Grand Isle, Lotto is your game. It doesn't leave the state, and there's nothing like it anywhere else. It's Louisiana Louisiana fun, just for Louisiana. Lotto, it's a whole lot of cash. Must be at least twenty-one to purchase. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans.
5: Okay, time to go on this Monday. Thanks to John DeShazer, Steve Weiss, Monty Williams, and Anthony Davis for their role in today's show. Sean Kelly will be back in the hosting chair tomorrow from our Smoothie King Center studios as the Pelicans look to win their second game in a row when they take on the New York Knicks. Don't forget, you can follow the show on Twitter at BlackBlueReport. That's where we post a lineup for every show. And also, we let you know when the show is up on both team websites, and both teams' mobile apps. You can also tweet us there if you have any guests you want to hear from as well. You can also follow me on Twitter at DSalerson and Sean Kelly is at sean kelly live. Since the show will be posted after noon central, Saints head coach Sean Payne will have already addressed the media. The same goes for Saints players in the locker room, so make sure you check out NewOrleansSaints.com for those interviews and get the latest from John DeShazer. Well, that'll do it for this Monday. Hang in there, Saints fans, and I hope You all have a great rest of your day. Until tomorrow, I'm Daniel Salerson. Thanks for listening to the Black and Blue Report.
0: Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.